the Paul's love language. I've entitled this the, the walk toward one another. Last week we kind of introduced the idea here in Romans 12. And as we begin now to look at, uh, again, I had that handout with all of them and I've regrouped them together so that we're kind of in a subject manner. And uh, so you'll see there's four or five little, brack, little uh, deals that we're going to be looking at and so forth. And uh, we'll do that as over the next several weeks and uh, hopefully find a, have an idea here of the direction to go and how you and I ought to be behaving uh, one towards another. And uh, doing this, what caught my attention was I read a book a few years ago called The Five Love Languages and so forth. And uh, with February being the loveuary, as the Hallmark station likes to call it, and I was like, well, let's just talk about this. But really, these are uh, instructions that we should have every day going on in our lives and in our thinking every, every moment, every day and uh, every component of our lives. Uh, again, we started last time in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And, and again, we just kind of introduce those verses in, in, the, in light of this issue of, of our walk one toward another and our interaction with each other. And this morning, we're going to look at the first one that comes up, which is down in verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. And that, that issue here now of brotherly love, if you look over at chapter 13 of Romans, Chapter 13 and verse 8. 13, 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Come over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. Galatians 5 and verse 13. For, brethren, you've been called unto liberty... Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Come over with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and in verse number 9. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse number 9. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And those four kind of case verses there, by the way, he talks about loving one another more than just there, but he, just, he doesn't use that phrase, love one another, and that's what I was honing in on, okay? But the, it's the, go back to Romans 12, it's the issue here of really the fundamental thing. And when we begin to dig into these, and, and we're only going to scratch the surface, I hope, I hope you know, I was talking to some folks and they're like, man, you got a lot of messages. And I'm like, yeah, and we're only scratching the surface. It, there's so much that you can dig down into this, take it, and then apply it to the details of your life. And when we begin to see what the love one another, brotherly love, and what the one anothering is all about, it really starts here in Romans 12. And it starts here 
again, we started in Philippians 2, and I showed you the issue of esteeming one another and having the mindset of Christ and everything, because that word esteem is only used in two places, Philippians and in 1 Thessalonians 5, and that's the issue of valuing and esteeming others better than yourself. And that becomes the fundamental issue. And what happens here in Romans is we get this foundation laid. So again, here you are. Here's your spirit. There's your eyes, nose, and your ears. And then here's your body, okay? And this is your body, all right? And this is not to, to scale, okay? And inside of you is your soul, and that's the real you. And as you take God's Word, and as you begin to put it into your thinking, into your spirit, your thinking, there's a mind, and as you begin to... to Put it into your thinking processes. By the way, you have human viewpoint over here. We looked last time. What are we to do with human viewpoint? We're to cast it away. We're to cast it unto the obedience of Christ. The verse doesn't say to Christ. It says of Christ. That's critical. What was his obedience? To go to Calvary. But why? Because he's in obedience to the word of God. That He's doing what God's word told him to do. What are we doing? The same thing. So we take human viewpoint... By the way, does it still seep in? Sure. How many of you watched anything on the war in Ukraine right now? If you watched any of it, you have human viewpoint because you have a certain side of the subject. You don't have all sides, certain side, okay? Because you like to watch so-and-so rather than the other guy or whatever. So you have human viewpoint, but as it comes into your soul, as the Word of God comes into your soul and it comes into your heart, with the heart man believes... You resonates. You begin to say, okay, Will, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the sound doctrine. It's come in. It's into our thinking. It's into our mindset. It's into our vocabulary. You read three chapters a day through Paul's epistles, 28 days. You've read all 13. You do that for a year, 12 times. Your vocabulary will change. Okay? Everything else will change, but your vocabulary will change. Why? Because you're reading God's vocabulary. And vocabulary is a part of the spirit up there. It's a part of the thinking process. You bring it in, you say, okay, sound doctrine, we're going to do that. We made a decision of our will to do what we're going to be talking about the next five weeks of one anothering. We're going to do that. Okay, we're going to do that. We've made the decision. Emotions? You go over here and you tell the body, this is what we're going to do. We're going to greet each other with a holy kiss. That's what we're going to do. No, we're not going to do that, okay? All right? COVID, stay over there. Stay six feet apart, right? Best thing to happen to us guys who don't like to be hugged. Six feet, stop, you know? We gained back some of our personal space. Some of you didn't learn that, but we gained it back, okay? Some of you need to learn that. There's a space here. It's called Rick's. <laughs> It's okay. If you want to hug me, you can give me a hug. Just, it's okay. Just, what, what was that? Just a quickie. Okay, a quick one. All right. So what do we do? We tell our emotions, how are we going to behave here? We're going to behave according to the sound doctrine. What did we just do? We've learned something about who we are, didn't we, last time? Who are we? We're holy. We're accepted. We have all of this 11 chapters of doctrine way before ever going and doing service. There's 11 chapters of doctrine you're to have built up into your inner man. You need that. It's there for a reason. So one, you know you're saved, you're justified, so you know you're not, you, and that's a one-time event. 
It's not an ongoing process. It's once saved, you're done. You don't have to do it again. That's why there's only five chapters in your Bible about your justification. Romans 1 to 5. Then in Romans 6, 7, and 8, you learn who you are. Who are you? I'm a son of the Most High. That's who I am. I'm an adult in the family of God, and I've been given the privileges and the rights as an adult in that family to make decisions and to go and to do. That's who I am. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to the law. I'm dead to the flesh, and I'm alive unto God. I'm alive unto the Father. I'm alive through the Son. I'm alive because of the Holy Spirit. And there we go. Then in 9, 10, and 11, you learn you're not Israel. You're not spiritual Israel. You're the church, the body of Christ. But Israel has a condition, and here's what's happened to Israel. And you learn that. Then and only then does he say go serve 12:1 otherwise stay out of it you don't deserve you don't belong there because you haven't grown yet you're still folks if you haven't settled the issue that your justification is a one time event you do not belong in service because you'll think serving is what's getting you saved work to get saved but if you're settled and your justification is a one-time event, then when you're over here serving, now you're serving from a proper mental attitude, proper motivation. Over here, if you don't know who you are in Christ, and you, well, if I just will live the righteous life, then, no, you are already this. Now we're going to go serve. Emotions, this is what we're going to do. Emotion. Conscience, there's our checks and balances. Is it in line with what the will and the heart decided based on the sound doctrine? Or is it over here on the human viewpoint side where we're just doing stuff to get our own way? How, how is that? How are we doing? Okay, so when you come here and we begin to talk about loving one another, verse 10, brotherly love, kindly affectioned, preferring one another. We're not talking so much about the emotion issue. We're talking about getting the understanding from what God's Word is that's gonna, that is designed now to go and produce an emotion in you. You follow that? It comes from understanding the Word of God, how you're to be, and then that's going to produce the emotion, not the emotion trying to produce something that the Word of God said you're not. Okay? Because when you talk about the word love, there's th three different, here's your Greek lesson for today, okay? There's, here it comes. There's three major Greek words used in scripture for the word love, okay? Eros, E-R-O-S, that's the erotic. Then you've got philo, philio, Philadelphia, brotherly love. That is the warm personal feeling that you have between people, okay? Then you have agape. That's the word that's used in, 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 for charity. That's the issue of that mental attitude love. Philippians 1, 9, and 10, that's the idea that your love may abound yet more and more in all judgment and all discernment, discerning and picking the things that are of, of, of excellent. But that issue of agape, that issue of charity, that issue of valuing and esteeming each other the way that God does. That's really the essence of all of it, isn't it? That's the essence that we started with in esteeming one another. It's that issue of agape that I want to focus in on. Because 
when we walk in love toward each other, it's more than just tolerating each other. Okay? Some of you I tolerate. Now everybody's like, oh, me, me, me. No, it's more than that. It's something deeper than just getting along to get along. Well, I got to like him because he comes to church. No, it's deeper than that. And that's where I want to take us with this issue here is to go deeper. And, what, and how you understand that is because of what 12, 9, and 10 say. We're to take all of the sound doctrine. We're to put all of that doctrine into our thinking process. We're to take it from the word, the pages of word God, put it in the thinking process, and then assimilate it, move it into the details of our life. This right here is the details of life. This is the reading. This is the getting it in to our thinking process. If I looked at you and I said, well, never mind, bad example. Romans 12. I want you to see what's happening here in Romans 12 because when you read Romans 13 and you read Galatians 5 and you read 1 Thessalonians 4, those are built on Romans 12. Why? Because Romans is the foundation. So we get the foundation. Verse 9, 12-9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Now let's think about verse 9. Dissimulation. That's hypoc- Don't be a hypocrite. Okay? Let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be without dissimulation. Let it speak the truth. Paul looks at the Galatians and says, am I an enemy for telling you the truth? Again, RJ kind of reworded a little bit. Am I your enemy for telling you the truth? See? That's love without dissimulation. That is telling you the truth. You're, you're, to, you're to have your love. You're to have your, 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 that, that, that inner value and esteeming be genuine. Have you ever... Have you ever saw someone that's a con, that's a faker? They fake it till they make it. Don't be that. Be genuine. Don't, don't say, oh, I love you because you're just tolerating the situation. Let it be because you genuinely care for them. You genuinely love them. Abhor that which is evil. I love that. Abhor. <laughs> hate it. Do you hate evil or do you tolerate it? Because it's easier to tolerate. I, I had a guy one time tell me the elections were coming. And he's like, so which one of the lesser of the two evils are you voting for? I had never heard that at the time. And I'm like, I never thought about the lesser of two evils, you know. But what are you to do with the evil? You're to hate it. You're to do what? You're to take it and you're to put it off. You're to take that human viewpoint, even though it's in there. By the way, you know how you know it's in there? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul tells us that he lays the foundation, and we're to take heed how we build thereupon. And if we build what? Gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. All six items are built on your foundation, whether you like it or not. It doesn't say you're going to build only these three and not these three. He's like, dude, you're going to build them all. Because what happens? Sometimes we get the little snits and we want it our way. Yeah, really. (laughs) 
And we want it, and so what do you do with that? You get rid of that. You cut it off. You cast it down. You eliminate it. Cleave to that which is good. Cleave. Stick to the truth. Now, notice as he's going to get now into the issue of kindly affection and brotherly love and stuff, that what did he just tell you to do? What is your attitude? What's your mental attitude to be toward one another? We're to do what? We're to be without dissimulation. We're to be genuine with each other. We're to hold that ground of truth with each other. We're to, we're to sit there and we're to, he, he tells us to speak, to, to, to be honest with all men, especially those of the household of faith. We're going to be genuine. Now, he's talking about something else in that context, but the idea is what I'm after with you. What does he say here? He just told you to renew your mind, to be transformed, to get out of the world, to get rid of that old way of thinking, to come over here and to value and esteem the things the way God would. And then he says, hey, what I want you to do is abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. How, I mean, you have to answer for you. Don't answer me. Answer yourself in your own thinking, and your own mind. How often do you do that? Well, you know what? If our guy, it isn't about your guy. It's about you. These are, this passage is about you and your accountability. Yeah, but Rick, what about them? God will get them. He's still the judge. You are responsible for you. Paul's clear in 1 Corinthians 4 over there. He says, you can judge me all day long, but the judge, my judge is the Lord. He's right there. And I'll answer to him. And I can answer to him with a good conscience, with a clear conscience. Now, the other thing that Paul is establishing here in verse 9 is that wonderful principle called put off, put on. What are you to put off. Let love be without what? We're to put off dissimulation, aren't we? Hypocrisy. We are to abhor that which is evil. We're to put that off, aren't we? But what are we to put on? Cleave to that which is good. And right here he begins to establish in the believer's life what is called by the theologians replacement Theology, replacement idea. Now, unfortunately, theology has corrupted that, okay, and made it into where we're replacing Israel and all this. So I'm not going to use that word. I'm going to use put off, put on. Why? Because that's what Paul's going to use. Come over. You're in chapter 12. Look down at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and what? Curse not. Put off what? Hey, if somebody's blaspheming you, don't go over there and light them up too. Put that off. Put on what? Put on the blessing. Put on that. Come over to Ephesians 4. See it really better here. Paul develops it out in Ephesians and in Colossians. Colossians or Ephesians 4. So my, the thing here is, is when he says, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, there's a thinking process here. Do you know how easy it is for me to look at everybody and say, I just love you, and not mean it? And the only way you would know I not mean it is if we get into a conversation or an event happened. Because if I just said that, you would say, oh man, Rick loves me today. And I really don't. But you don't know that until we, have, we get into it. Don't do that. 
Have it be genuine all the way so that when you do get into something, because in Colossians, when we get down to the forbear and forgive, there's a quarrel that's come up. How do you deal with the quarrel with someone who says they love you and they really don't? They're just trying to dig the axe in, the knife in the back. See, now you're in a different ball. Now we're not doing what the Word of God's told us to do. You found Ephesians 4, verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. What are we to do with that old man? We're to put him off. We're to take him over in the closet, put him in the closet, lock the door, lock it with the key, and throw it away. Very good. Concern, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? Why do you, I write spirit up there? We're in our thinking. And then verse 24, and that ye put on the new man. Come over to Colossians chapter 3. You're to put on and you're to put off. Colossians 3, verse number 8. But now ye also put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blaspheme, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Let love be without dissimulation, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. So not only are you to put off the physical deeds, which is what Ephesians 4 is and Galatians 5, but now you're to put off some attitude sins. Woo. You're to put it all off, but you're to put on and have, verse 10, put on the new man, which is renewed where? Not reading your Bible. Notice this. Notice this carefully. I know we read, but people read their Bible. It doesn't say, it says renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. There's a knowledge base that we're to be renewed in. There's a sound doctrinal base of knowledge and understanding and of wisdom that we are to ground ourselves in. Gold, silver, and precious stones. We've looked at this over the years. You're to come in here and you're to ground yourself in that sound doctrine into your inner man because when life comes and relationships happen, you are to know how to love one another. Come back to Romans 12. But Rick, I'm not there. That's okay. We talked about that issue of maturity and relative maturity and the issue of growing. Learn it. Get it. Say, yeah, but my past. Your past is your past. Nobody cares but you, honestly. Think about this. The stuff in Ukraine. 42 million people live in that country. Two million or more have got out. There's still a lot of people left in that country that they don't talk about. What, you, why do they keep showing the mom with the babies? What does it gen? Emotions. Worry. Hey, I'm upset about it. I get it. I would hate, you know, it's, it's horrible to see. And I understand that. But why do they do that? Because they can't come over here and tell you something that's solid because you, then you're going to go what? That's their problem. But I can show you something over here to get your emotions rolling. You know what Paul says? Let's not be on an emotional roller coaster, folks. Let's be solid as we go. You're back to Romans 12, right? I'll give you a little time to find it. Now watch verse 10. Doesn't, notice it doesn't say and. It doesn't say you should be. It says what? Be. Now, think about the word be. You be. Therefore, being justified. 
That's who you are, Romans 5.1. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You, what, you're being, this is who you are. There's, there's no, I, I, I was, I got a text yesterday about how, commandments and stuff, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm going, you know, there is no gray area in the age of grace. Grace holds you more accountable than the law ever did because he said, I have done it all for you. You come and live for me. How are you doing? Who, now, who's accountable? You are, because what did I... The law says, if you do it, then I will bless you. God says, I've blessed you with all spiritual blessings. I've made you complete. You're set. So come over here. Notice 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. It doesn't say you should be. It doesn't say maybe if they give enough, if they love you enough. It says what? Be this. Kindly affectioned one to another, preferring one another, honoring one another. Look at that. That value and esteem that we are to have one for another. When he says kindly affectioned, that really equals out the issue of brotherly love. I don't know if you have siblings, but blood is thicker than anything, isn't it? Me and my brothers, I got two younger brothers. When we were growing up, we had fights. We had fights with baseball bats and sticks and rocks and stuff like that. We used things, not words. I mean, we'd just duke it out, you know. But you know what, though? When the local street, when the local neighborhood bully jumped on my brother, you know who jumped on the bully? I did. A little scrapper. This kid started picking on my middle brother, then he started picking on my young. And you know what? Him and... Him and I had a little chit-chat. Why? Because he's my brother. Yeah, we fight and scrap over here, but, man, he's my brother. Don't you be messing with my brother. Have that same attitude one toward each other. How dare you mess with my people? How dare you mess with my family? But, see, that doesn't come. We're talking about someone coming from outside, but that comes from an internal thing first. It comes from being kindly. Boy, kindness is gone today. It's just not there anymore. Kindly affectioned. There's the brotherly love. We're to operate. When he talks about brotherly love, again, all through Paul's epistle, he's talking about being kindly affectioned. That's a warm, tender thing, isn't it? You know, we have, I have a warm relationship with you, with all of you. If you said, hey, Rick, I need help, I'm going to be there to help. Not because of anything of you, but because of who you are in Christ and you're a part of my family. Okay? The greatest thing for me to be full-time is to be of a helper that way. Of being able to say, hey, look, can you come and help? And come and help, whether it's digging a ditch or whether it's just talking over coffee. But being that helper, having that value and esteeming, and we're to operate on a mental attitude love. 
and yet at the same time have a warm, affectionate feeling for each other. So we're not talking about husband and wife and stuff like that, boyfriend, girlfriend, are we? Talking about much deeper than that. Do you follow what's happening there? Be kindly affectioned to to another with what? Notice it's with. We're to be kindly affectioned with what? Brotherly, sibling, love. Warm affection. Why? Because you're in my family. And if you're in my family, I got your back. I'm going to take care of you. And literally, I, I read a book about the SEALs and the SEAL team, but the psychology of that type A, triple A. Actually, they're, they're, they refer to them as triple A'ers. They're beyond an A-type personality. They are A, 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 A. You know, and you see them, they're signing up to go fight in Ukraine. I, I, was, I was watching a little off-the-cuff news stuff, and they got this guy, and he's a former SEAL team member, and he's done signed up at the embassy to go fight. And he's like, this is a fight. We're fighting. You know, rah, 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 rah. You know? why? Because that's, that's that brotherly love. Man, I got your back. Why? Because you and I are the, of the same family. Now, you may irritate me, and you may do things that, that just get under, but I got other avenues to go fix that called forgiveness. Okay? But man, when the dirt hits, when the dust hits the fan, I'm right there. Affectionate. You folks, we can operate, we are to operate in agape love, if you need it to said that way. And when we operate in agape love, in that valuing and esteeming each other, that doesn't mean that we can't have the phileo love as well. Okay? That's if you Greek people that need the Greek. In other words, I can function and operate with you and value and esteem you as who you are in Christ, as my brother, as my sister in Christ, and I can still have a warm, fuzzy feeling for you. Why? Because my heart said, I'm doing that, and my will told my emotions to go have it. You follow me? You follow that? So I'm able to look at you and say, you know what? Man, you just disappointed me again, but I still love you. How can Paul look at the Corinthians and say, a a group of people that abused him, and he says, though, though I be spent, I gladly, what, love you. Spend me. Spend me like, no, just keep ringing the credit card up. I got it all. Because he, what? I got a doctrinal viewpoint of how this is to operate. We're to learn to value and esteem each other because of who we are collectively in Christ. And as we do that, Then we begin to do, I I showed you this last time, then we begin to have joy. You're in Romans 12. Look over at Romans 13. Actually, look at Romans, well, Romans 13. 12.10, just real quick, one more thing. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. The honor there, okay? That's the issue of, I don't know, in your family, in our family, we, when we, whenever we'd get together, the seat of honor was the head of the table. 
then when we got older, dad always said, if you sit at the head of the table, because we'd slide in the head of the table, he goes, you get to pay the restaurant bill. So we quickly didn't sit at the head of the table. <laughs> it only took us one time. But at a the table, they have a seat of honor, don't they? The head of the table for you, I don't know. I think about the Veterans Day stuff that I was involved with, with uh, driving the school bus because they were very patriotic and so forth. And they would set the little table for the missing soldier, the POW and the MIA, okay? And, what, and they would put it at the head. That's what honoring, perf honor, preferring one another. That's that esteeming others better than themselves. That's a mindset. That's a coming along and giving the other, again, not just tolerating them, but giving them a place of honor. Because of why? Because of just who they are in Christ. They're your bro And again, we're, he's talking local assembly. He's talking right here. He's not talking about your interaction with the group in California or the group over here or the group. He's talking about right here in the local assembly. Because what are we to do? We're to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. We're to be demonstrating all of this right here. And the issue of joy. Jesus, others, you. You're diving down to the bottom. You're exalting the other. Now, 13.8, quickly here. Let's think about this one. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. And from verse 9 down to through, uh, well, verse, through 10 there, Paul tells you and I to keep nine of the Ten Commandments. And then, oh, don't keep the law, man, we're under grace. Yeah, Paul just told you to keep nine of them. And the nine that he told you to keep are the, are the moral law. Because there's a morality you're to have. The one that he told you not to keep, Colossians chapter 2, that's the issue of the Sabbath day. You don't keep that one because it's just an ordinance. It's, it's just a ceremony. It's a shadow of the things to come. But look at verse 8. Look at it carefully. In light of what he just told us in chapter 12 and our attitude that we're to be with one another, look at what he just said in verse 8. Owe no man anything. Now, what usually happens is people go over to Proverbs 22 and the lender and, and the borrower is slave to the lender. And that's, that's what he's after. But he's talking about some, again, for us, a little deeper because he's dealing with our interactions with our neighbors and people around us here. We owe each other a debt of love. We do. Notice what he says. Owe no man anything but to what? To love one another. We owe each other to have a value and esteem mental attitude towards each other, no matter what the cost, no matter what the price, no matter what's going on, we are to owe each other that level of honor, of preference, of respect. Yeah, but Rick, they just rubbed me the wrong. Then you need to get over it. See? If I say I have a problem with, who's got the problem? I do. i got to work on that. That's my problem. Come over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. You see, folks, I know in Romans 13, and, the, and I understand the context. He's just talked about the government. Now he's talking about interacting over here with others. I want you to see a little, more, a little deeper issue here than just what's happening. Look at Colossians 1 verse 4. Because here are the Colossians and watch them do it. 
since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to who? There's a group at Colossae and Laodicean, and you know what they're doing? They're loving on the saints. Not because they have to, but because they owe them that debt of love. Paul says, I'm not a debtor. Then he says, I am a debtor. Then he says, I got this. Why? Because what do we have, folks? We've got the wonderful message of the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our jobs as ambassadors is to do what? Go out and love on everybody. Now, that takes different outward appearances, but I'm after the mental mindset. Come back to Romans 13. Uh, you know what? Just going over to Galatians 5. Well, 13.8, sorry. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. That, 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 boy, there's just so much there to unpack. What I want you to see, though, is the attitude the mental attitude. Why would I love you? Because the Word of God is telling me to do what? Just that. Okay? How, now go to Galatians 5. How am I, why am I, to have a value and esteeming of you and possibly be able to then go over here and have a warm, fuzzy, feely, a warm relationship with you? Because of who we are in Christ and because we're here together. And that's the attitude that we're to have. Galatians 5. I look forward to Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and any text, phone call, and email I get from you. That doesn't mean I respond to each one of them. <laughs> Sometimes it's the delete button. Sometimes it's, oh my goodness, what are they doing? But that's just a reaction. Why? Because there's an, there is a scarlet thread connection here with all of us. And we're to have that. Here's what it all looks like. Okay? Romans 12, what have we been doing? Here's the attitude. Here's the thinking process. Romans 12, Romans 13. Galatians 5.13 is what it's to look like. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. We have a liberty in Christ that we can use. Some of us do. Most of us abuse it. But what are we to use that liberty to do? The end of that verse. But by love. What? Serve one another. There is a sense of service. There is a sense of a debt of love one to another. That scarlet thread issue. How are we to serve one another? Well, the verse says by love. So is it a warm, fuzzy, feely, or is it a knowledge, wisdom, understanding basis? It's this one. <laughs> That's why I keep pounding on it, okay? B, thank you. Why? Because sometimes we rub each other the wrong way, don't we? And we have to work through that. It's called forbearance and forgiveness. We'll get there in a couple weeks, okay? We will. But what puts us on that road to not just say, I'm done and I'm out of here and I'm gone? 
5.13 does. With the attitude of who we are in Christ and the understanding of that, you know what we're to focus on? Again, not just tolerate it, but focus on that issue of loving one another with a mental attitude of saying, you know what I can do? I can now go serve you. I can work with you. Even when we're at odds, I can still serve you. I can still do for you. I don't have to be in complete harmony as far as emotionally feelings. In my mental attitude, what can I do? I can come over here and I can serve you. Some of you break my heart. Some of you do. I, I look and I just go, man, it just breaks my heart. Some of you make my heart leap with, with joy and rejoicing. Most of you are kind of in the middle. Little of those. You're, 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 you're that uh, fence straddler. What's it to look like? It, it, it manifests itself in what? Service. Coming along and, can I help you? First Thessalonians 4. Watch it get developed even more here. First Thessalonians 4. Here's the next step. First Thessalonians 4, verse 9. But it's touching brotherly love. Again, brotherly, phileo, that warm feeling of a relationship, love, agape, charity, mental, attitude, value, and esteeming one another. Philippians 2, Philippians 1. What does Paul say? Ye need not that I write unto you, for yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Look who taught me to love. Who taught me to love? The Word of God did. The sound doctrine did. As my husband, as my wife, as mom and dad, those, parent, those roles of society that we're involved in in our relationships, as a neighbor, as a, who, who in the world would teach you to be nice to that jerk of a boss that you've got to deal with on the job? Who taught you that? Wasn't Rick. Rick's sitting over here saying, look, look, read, read what? Read the verses. There are the verses. Ephesians, Ephesians 6. There they are. Who's teaching you? The sound doctrine is. You know what Paul's doing here with the Thessalonians? The next step. Let's go rely not on emotions and going woo-hoo-hoo, but let's rely on the sound doctrine. Keep reading. Verse 9. Are taught of God to love one another, and indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye, what? Increase more and more. Isn't that amazing? You can never outdo it. Here you are, you're learning about loving one another and who you are in Christ and taking that value and esteem that God had for you. He died for you. He says, I, but God committed his love toward you and that while you're yet sinners, you're my enemies, you were rejecting me. I died for you. I loved you. I put it on open display. You trusted that. Now I want you to come over here and love that dude that you just can't stand the same way I loved you because I couldn't stand you, but I did it anyway. And you begin to learn that thinking process, that attitude, that, that, hey, this is how I'm to think about this. This is how I'm to process this. And you know what he says? Do it more and more. Because some days, don't you wish you'd just get at the end and be done? I'm just, I, I know it. I'm done. I don't want any more. And you know what Paul says? Nope. 
keep doing it more and more. The next step, not only is it to learn what it is to love someone, again, based on that value and esteeming one another, but to take it to the next step, to increase in it, to come along and say more and more and more. Why? Because they're family. They're that, they're, they're a component here. That's where they're at. So the issue of loving one another, take those sound doctrine, put it into your thinking, have your heart, your will look up in there and say, that's what I'm going to do. Emotions, we need to go over here and do this, whatever it is. Your conscience says, yep, you're, you're in line with everything, you're good. Your emotions are working correctly. Your understanding is right. Keep going. It's right. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't. Keep going. And what happens is old human viewpoint raises his head up, and old sound doctrine reaches over there and knocks him down. Whack a mole. Whack. Why? Because your conscience says, hang on a minute, we got us a problem. We got a selfishness on board. Whack it down. Get it back over. Because then he says to you, Romans 16. Romans 16, get 1 Corinthians 16, and get 2 Corinthians 13. Romans 16, 1 Corinthians 16, and 2 Corinthians 13. Because then he uses this terminology with you. 1 Corinthians, or sorry, Romans 16, 16. Salute one another with a holy kiss. What did he say? He said, salute. Now, I, I know what the commentaries say about the holy kiss. That's a customary thing. Two smooches, one on each side. That's not what Paul's after. He's after the, the salute. 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 20. All the brethren greet you. Greet. Did I spell that right? Ye one another with the holy kiss. 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 12. Greet one another with the holy kiss. Salute and greet. Do you do that to your enemy? You don't. When you run across an enemy, you go, usually you turn your back and go the other way. But you do that with who? With someone you love. Thus the holy kiss. That warm, affectionate salutation. My case, it's a good, strong handshake. COVID kind of killed that. So it's a fist pump or an elbow grind or a hey and, you know, I was, you know, whatever you need it to be, okay? But what I want you to see is this. When he says salute, greet, you do that. It, by the way, notice it's in the two, two times to the Corinthians he says that. 
1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, did the Corinthians always love on each other? No, they no, they like to, they would, it's them that Paul says you better forgive the guy or Satan will get an advantage. Why? We'll let you do that, but man, we ain't going to forget. We got memories like an elephant, baby. We're going to grind on you. And you know what? Paul says to them twice, greet. You guys got to get out of that bad thinking and get in here to where you need to be. The result of loving one another is a salutation and a greeting, not of a physical manner, even though I know we have it, and that's fine, but rather of an intimate thing of deep down inside. I just love seeing you. I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to be around you as far as in an interaction. I just love seeing you. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you notice I put a little post on Facebook about the greatest thing you can do for your pastor is for him to see you. Why? Because that the greatest thing is to say, hey, there they are, and I can see you. The worst thing for me during COVID was not seeing you. It breaks my heart. Why? It breaks my heart the room isn't here with everybody that could be here. Why? Because what's going on? That affection, that, that intimacy comes from a thinking process of, hey, that's who they are. You, give me one more verse. Hebrews 13. You see, folks, when we see each other, we should have a deep love, a deep warm feeling for each other. I look forward to seeing you all the time. And I get schedules. I Believe me, I worked a 40-hour job and still tried to do. I understand that. And schedules get in there and they get in the way. And think, but it doesn't still mean that I what, don't want to see you. I get a text, I get an email Hey, we got a brother coming back to us. Mr. Martinez in the corner. He's coming back. He's coming through. He's going to do this. He's going and you know what? It just thrilled inside of me. Going, "Wow, cool. I get to see him. I haven't seen him. He's been down there in Tennessee." Ugh, what would you do in Tennessee? Anyway, why would you leave God's country for Tennessee, right? So, it's like, "Hey, wait, boom." Hey. And you know what? He comes, he calls, we, we get we, we, we try to help him do some things, and he's off. And then I say, "Hey, Rick, I'm back." I'm like, "Yeah, right on." You know, inside. I don't ever verbalize it, but inside Linda goes, who are you talking to? I said, I'm talking to me. We're having a good meeting. Leave me alone, you know? Why? Because you get to talking. It's like, wow, great. You know, you get to meet new people, come in, see the message, get inside. Why? What is it? That's, that, that's what we're talking about here, with loving one another. Rather than coming over there and giving you a slop wet kiss on the cheek, it's a, hey, I'm glad to see you. Hebrews 13, verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who we are in your son. And we thank you that we have those instructions on our interaction with each other. Here as we begin that walk toward each other. And no matter what the area of our life is, husband, wife, parent, child, worker, retired, just a member of the local assembly here, that we would carry this deep affection for each other that comes from an understanding of why we have that. And that comes from an understanding of who we are in your Son. In your name we pray.
Amen. All right, we'll stand, we'll be dismissed with the song.